Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. Thanks so much for joining us here on episode 54. You are hearing the lovely, voluminous tones of yours truly, Tom Bobo, and I'm joined as always by Jim Fields. Jim, how are you? I, I'm doing well. I don't know if my tones are voluminous. I, I'm not even sure I know what that word means, but it sounds good. Um, I think full of volume. So I'm going to bring bring the noise today. I, I hope <laughs> we're full of volume. If, if we're not, turn your radio up, people, or your phone, or your computer, or whatever it is you're listening to us on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Tom, uh, before we get started, I just wanted to, uh, we talked a little bit before I clicked record, but... Uh, Listen to an honorable mention with you and our friend Jeff, as you plugged last week. And um, if you all haven't listened to that yet, uh, strongly encourage, go check it out. It's called an honorable mention podcast. Uh, it's, uh, I don't want to say similar to the something to wrestle with in 83 weeks kinds of podcasts where they, but it, but in some ways it is uh, usually Jeff and Shane Hagedorn uh, break down old ring of honor shows and, and talk through all of those kinds of things. Shane's got some other things going on in his life right now. So uh, Jeff has had a few special guests on and uh, had our friend pusher, Maddie, Matt Bretton, Brenkin camp. I can't ever say his last name, right? Maddie uh, was on a week ago and Tom was on this week uh, sharing kind of just their journey as ring of honor fans. Uh, Tom, if you don't know, uh, was a, as, as Jeff called you a, a, a ring of honor OG, because you were at the era of honor, honor begins. So you have been with Ring of Honor literally since day one. Um, so yeah, I thought it was fun to listen to your uh, your journey. I certainly know much of those of that journey and those stories, but there were definitely things I didn't know about you and didn't know about your trips and things like that. Um, definitely brought back a lot of memories for me too. The, you, you and I have never, I don't think you and I have ever actually traveled together. We've traveled to the same places, but not together um, for shows. Um, I have traveled with Scott once, uh, Scott and I, uh, drove from Michigan to, well, I drove from Illinois to Michigan and then Scott and I drove from Michigan to Atlanta. Um, I don't, you weren't in Atlanta. I don't believe, were you for WrestleMania? Yeah. Weekend? Yeah. Yep. I, so yeah. I, uh, I flew, I flew down and, okay. uh, and Blake picked me up at the airport. I remember cause he played right. uh, welcome to Atlanta from, uh, it's uh, so one of the. Ra- I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna yep. even remember the rapper's name. But I know, it was, I know it, the song. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. It was great because, um, like, just he had like this awesome SUV that whether he was renting or I don't know, it was part of just the carpool situation of that weekend. Uh, I get in from the Atlanta airport, which is my first time in that airport, which is again massive because it's a hub. Um, and just he blasts that, and then we head we head to that awesome hotel that we all stayed at, and yeah, like I remember like our room. Uh, and then the room on the lower floor, which which is there's a really great photo oh, with so many guys uh, that were connected by Ring of Honor. Which, um, unfortunately, I'm not in because I went to bed that night. I was tired, and I'm not in that shot. I'm <laughs> mad about that still. No, that, with, that's, no, that's disappointing. Not I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have pegged you to not be in that photo. But, again, there's so many. Like, the fact that so many guys squeezed in a room um, was, was pretty interesting. What I will – I know I know that today's episode is kind of – shorter and maybe perhaps content but again as you know here you on monkeys yeah you know you, know, you can never trust that um i will tell the story i i, I teased and didn't tell on that podcast because jeff and i just kind of got down a bunch of different rabbit trails so he mentioned or he asked if i had ever been to baltimore for ring of honor and and not right. not pro- not properly um interestingly i was in the washington dc area for a work conference 
I think this was 2013, maybe 2014. Anyhow, um, I was traveling out of Baltimore. Um, so I had to take a train from DC to Baltimore. And in doing so, I misjudged the schedule. And I got to the Baltimore airport really late on the Saturday morning I was scheduled to fly out. I literally got through security. Uh, my bag had been checked. And I get to the Skyway and the gate is closed. And I literally can see through the window my plane. And I'm like, please open the door. And the gate attendant's like, nope, it's sealed. You're not getting on. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And this is around, I don't know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm a, I'm a, I was not as an experienced air traveler then as I am now. Um, so clearly this helped me learn and get some of my air legs because they're not sea legs. That would be the normal term if you were sailing or on a boat. Um, so realizing that um, <clears throat> I uh, just screwed myself out of getting home uh, from Baltimore to Michigan, I panic and I go, oh crap, I also don't have a phone charger. So not only did I go to one of those Best Buy, Best Buy like swipe kiosks to buy a $30 phone charger for my Samsung phone, talking about being bent over. Um, I go, how am I going to, and I ended up getting rebooked on a flight that wasn't going to leave until 1130 that night. So I go, how in the world am I going to kill 12 hours? I do not want to sit here in the Baltimore airport. And then the light bulb goes on. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the day of Best in the World 2013, which was at, um, this was a Baltimore arena that was like a soccer venue, like indoor kind of like volleyball soccer thing. I had never been there before. Um, a bunch of guys that I knew, um, Robbie Hart being one of them among others, were coming in for that show. I want to say the main event was Briscoe versus Briscoe. Um, so anyhow. Okay, I'm so, pulling it up here. Yep, it was. Yeah, was that 2013, June of 2013? June of 2013 at okay. the DeBurns Arena. Yep, so yeah, so they, they, ran, they, ran the, that, they ran that arena quite a bit. They had done TV tapings out of there as well, I think, during that time with because they were under Sinclair at the time. But this was in that early Sinclair phase. Um, thankfully, I was able to contact Greg H because Greg was native to that area. And Greg was actually having some people you know, hosting them during that day who were coming in for that show. I was able to get picked up at the airport um, and hung out with that crew. It was a smaller crew for that day, but Greg, of course, in his generosity, you know, got food and we were able to hang out. I was able to just kind of like decompress and not think about having missed my flight. I was terribly upset for missing my wife and my kids and being delayed on getting home. I had already been gone for, you know, the bulk of that week leading up to that Saturday because of the conference. Uh, but I go to the Ring of Honor show. I'm pretty sure I walked in with Greg and didn't pay. <laughs> um, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, not that I wouldn't have wanted to give Ring of Honor my money, but, you know, sometimes those are the perks. Uh, and then I ended up leaving. Like, I, I tried to stay as long as I could and not and see as much of the show as I could. But it's the only time in my life where I went to a Ring of Honor show unplanned, uh, like the day of unplanned, and then didn't stay for the entire thing. So there is the Baltimore story, and I'm pretty confident that's the only time I've been to Baltimore. Now, I know a year ago before COVID, um, we were all supposed to go to Baltimore and have a big kind of like celebration that Greg was going to host. And I hope, you know, in the future that 
opportunity still presents itself because I think there's a lot of history. And again, for you, Jim, thanks for listening to the podcast and giving it a shout out here. And for those who haven't listened or will listen, do so. Uh, let those good memories get brought back of, of not just Ring of Honor wrestling that, that have brought you so many positive or warm memories in wrestling, but anything, you know, wrestling wise. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like I said, brought back a lot of memories for me. Um, a number of those shows you talked about, I was at as well. Um, not not all of them, certainly not the early ones. Um, Reborn Stage 2 was my first Ring of Honor show in Chicago, Chicago's debut. Um, and that was before you and I met. We were both at that show, but um, we have we, we didn't know each other at that point. So uh, you were, I believe, sitting, did you sit front row for Reborn? Either first or second row. I'm, I'm certain. Row. Row. I was at the top of the bleachers, hanging out, not, you know, knowing anybody at that point. So um, funny well, story, I, think- I got to Reborn. We walk in and it's, we're general admission. So we wanted to get there early, as early as we could. We didn't know what the, you know, first show in, the, in that building, you know, so we didn't know what the general admission situation was. Um, and we learned that you wanted to get there early if you had GA, so you could get the top of the bleachers and you had the wall to lean against um, and not be kind of leaned forward all night. Um, and we walk in, we walked around to the, I guess, left side as you're coming in those doors. So you got to walk all the way around the ring to get to the left, the other side of the bleachers, because that's where we saw openings. And CM Punk and Ace Steel um, are just standing in front of the bleachers talking. They had just arrived. They had their bags with them. And I knew who they were, obviously. And didn't say a word to him, just kind of nodded at him and walked by. And I'm like, that was my chance to get a picture with CM Punk. And I didn't take it. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) But what were you going to say? Yeah, no, no. I was just going to make the comment. And I think this came up a little bit on, on the podcast with Jeff that like the number of times that people that we know or that are close to now, like happen to be at the same shows, but our contact, our contact had not been made yet. It's super interesting. I think of those kind of like movies or TV shows where there's going to be characters that intersect at some point in the story, but like they happen to be in the same place and there's a, like a note of that. I feel like there's a lot of that with the history of, of, of our fan group and kind of, for lack of a better term, the Ring of Honor OGs. You know, I consider you a Ring of Honor OG because you've been, you know, you know, you've been involved pretty heavily, you know, and in the, you were a staple in Chicago until uh, until they really stopped running there and then you had to move. So, Right. Yeah, Chicago Spectacular Night 1 was the very the first Chicago show I missed. I had had every one until then. I made Night 2. I had something going on. Um, and then missed a few others along the way, but but pretty much until I moved, made almost all of them. Uh, they did go and run a show on the date of my wedding, so you and I both had to miss that one. But um, it, was, it was kind of rude of them, actually. But uh, They really should have checked the schedule first. I'm right. I mean... Kevin Steen versus Rhino, and we didn't get to see it live. So, um, but uh, yeah, brought back memories too of, of uh, you know, you talked about being at work. I uh, I was in Detroit for a conference, uh, you might remember, and uh, just complete dumb luck. That was the same weekend Ring of Honor happened to run the Winter Warriors Tour um, in 2015. Um, we saw Alberto El Patron and. Uh, the romantic ACH? touch and uh <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it wasn't it patron versus ach that night wasn't it was it okay yeah it was yeah lethal versus strong uh was the main event for the tv title uh at, at looking back at the show i'm like yeah it was uh, okay um we saw the end of Tadarius thomas's uh career uh jimmy jacobs defeated Tadarius thomas in a td thomas retirement match it says i i don't remember that to be perfectly honest but Apparently we saw that 
Your thoughts also retired on that match. What's that? Your thoughts on that match yeah. retired as well. They went very quickly. I had zero <laughs> memory of that. But uh, anyways, fun to go down memory lane. Um, I, I did mention to you, Tom, uh, in a message sometime when we don't have picks or, or we have time to plan ahead on it. Obviously, today might, might have been a really good time to do it had we had time to plan. Um, we should do a, a retro review of, A, the fact I, I didn't realize, or maybe I didn't knew, but I, it reminded me that you had been at ECW's Heat Wave 98, um, which is a great show, and 99. So it'd be fun to do a retro review on one or both of those, and um, maybe a retro review on some some Ring of Honor shows that you and I both attended, with, even whether we knew each other at the time or not, whether we go back to Reborn or uh, something like that sometime would be would be fun to go back and relive those. Um, I miss those. It's actually, as I've told you before, I haven't been to a live show since the Dallas WrestleMania uh, weekend. Uh, I am currently planning on attending. There is a indie show coming to Kearney, Nebraska for the first time in the seven years I've lived here. Um, there's been a couple really, really small indie shows in surrounding that have never worked. But the arena in Kearney, which holds I'm four or 5,000, I mean, a few thousand anyways, um, has a, a Zello Pro wrestling show um, out of the Midwest coming. Uh, Jordan Grace is the headliner. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, The Gun Club, and Alex Shelley um, are the names that I that I recognized. Um, I feel like there's one more I'm missing. Maybe Chris Saban? No, Saban's not on it. I feel like there's one more name too, uh, but kind of that level. Um, and then a whole bunch of faces. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, tickets started like 15 bucks and, and the, I used to work at the arena and I know that literally there isn't a bad seat in the place. So, um, cause it's pretty small. So hoping to go to that at the end of September, uh, nice. That's awesome. it'll, it'll be nice to go back to a live show and hopefully, uh, things stay in a position where we can go to events by the end of September, but this is not a health podcast. So we'll stay away from that. Let's talk wrestling. Uh, not that we haven't been for the last 14 minutes, but uh, let's talk current wrestling, I guess. And uh, we'll start with WWE. I watched Raw this week, Tom, because I hate myself, apparently. Um, you smartly read some thoughts of those of us who had watched Raw, and uh, you chose not to. And I, I think that may have been a really, really strong decision on your part, Tom. Um, I'll just run down the results really quick. So Drew McIntyre over Baron Corbin. I, I do want to talk about that uh, in a minute here. Karrion Cross over Jeff Hardy. We definitely are going to talk about that. Uh, Alexa Bliss over Dewdrop. Yep. Want to talk, oh, man, we're going to talk about all this. Sheamus over Ricochet. Damian Priest over Morrison. Uh, T-Bar over Mustafa, Mustafa Ali. Excuse me. Uh, Nikki A.S.H. over Rhea Ripley by DQ when Charlotte Flair interfered. And then Randy Orton is back. And uh, beat AJ Styles before dropping Matt Riddle with a RKO. And I'm still not convinced they're actually broken up. But we'll talk about that. Uh, Tom, what uh, look, before I hit a couple of points along there from things I saw and, and kind of get your feedback on either what you read or, or what I say, um, what about the things you read this week made you decide, yeah, no, I don't need to watch that? So none of the matches on paper. Uh, Felt like I needed to tune in. I, I was interested and intrigued about the idea that Randy Orton returned, and I was very interested that he hit Matt Riddle or Riddle with an RKO because we've talked here numerous times that we see, and I'm sure we're still going to get Orton and Riddle for the tag titles at SummerSlam. Uh, but now they're 
injecting something. And again, you maybe can speak to it more than I can because I didn't watch and I didn't really read a report. I literally read results and I heard about uh, Lily Winky. And I was like, okay, I'm, someone made a comment about like, just again, it was the, it was the complete opposite of professional wrestling. And I'm like, listen, I am getting so much enjoyment from the professional wrestling centric products. Um, and with that emphasis, i.e. AEW 100% and ring of honor, um, I just don't, I just go, I need to, need to direct my time somewhere else this week. So whoop, right off the DVR. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, where to start, Tom? Where to start? Um, yeah, I, I said it reminded the Lily thing reminded me of Scooby Doo. Um, I think I think our friend Rob was the one who said it. It seemed like a live action cartoon, and I said that was exactly the thought I had. Was Scooby Doo was what came to my mind when I saw that, it? That was uh, the comment. That was the comment. I'm glad. Yeah, okay, I couldn't recall that, but yes, that was it. And and I like I said, as soon as he as I read his comment, I'm like, that's exactly what I had thought was the same kind of thing. Um, so really quick at the start, they, you know, McIntyre and Corbin. So Corbin came over due to the uh, superstar where they can appear on the other show four times or one time a quarter or whatever, which I, I'm, I'm okay with. I think it's a dumb rule, but they made a rule and that at least they gave us a reason why Baron Corbin was there and, and that Jinder Mahal had offered him money to take out Drew McIntyre. So at least they gave us a reason. It wasn't just random SmackDown guy shows up. Um, but, but you know, Corbin's do Corbin actually is pretty entertaining right now in this kind of down on his luck, homeless, um, you know, lost all his money because he lost his crown. Shinsuke took everything from him. Uh, you know, he's kind of a country song. He lost his dog, he lost his truck, he's lost his wife. Um, he's kind of kind of humorous in it, and I like that. I, at first, I thought, oh, they're gonna try to make him a sympathetic character and make him a baby face, and they may yet go that route eventually. But I like that they're doing things that keep him as a heel. Halfway through the match, McIntyre takes the mic, which is always a little bit weird to me when a guy just grabs a mic in the middle of a match. Um, but and said to to Corbin, "You're you know you're pathetic, basically. Um, I'm kind of feeling bad about kicking your tail all over this ring. How much do you need to get yourself through the next couple of days? Get a warm meal, and for God's sake, get a shower." And Corbin goes, "I don't know." $100,000, which I thought was kind of funny um, and kept him as a heel because he's still in this, like, he's down on his luck, but he's not willing to accept just anything. He wants to go right back to, you know, King Corbin and having everything. Um, he's not just like, yeah, I just need a shower and a hot meal, you know, 20 bucks to get me a long way or whatever. Um, he wants a hundred grand. So then McIntyre, you know, says, well, maybe I'll give you 200,000 or 300,000, three, two, one, Claymore, boom, we're done. Um, again, I hate the countdown thing, but whatever, it's, it's not going away. Um, so I thought that was fine. Um, again, I, I don't, I respect the fact, and I assume the story is true about Drew McIntyre's mother, and that's why he named the sword Angela, because she lost a battle to cancer and, and the toughness and that sort of thing. I, I totally respect that. The sword's still goofy, whether you honor his mother with it or not. Um, and the whole feud with gender is goofy. Um, I, you know, they haven't announced that yet for SummerSlam. I assume that's coming on Monday, but obviously that's where we're headed. Um, I don't know what Corbin will do. He'll probably just 
there'll be a vignette with Corbin. Um, I mean, they'll be in Vegas. There's all sorts of panhandling things they could do with him in Vegas. So, um, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting. But L- Lily, oh Lily, let's just I'll, I'll come back to Cross in a minute. But Lily, I, I've said before. I think here on the podcast, I've said it a few other places. I was a big fan of most of the time. I was a big fan of the Fiend character. Obviously, Bray Wyatt since been released. We talked about that last week. Um, <clears throat> You know, Alexa is kind of a similar character now. I've always been a big Alexa Bliss fan since she debuted, you know, with the blue hair in in, uh, NXT. I've just, something about Alexa has always clicked for me. Um, I don't mind the dark character, but the Lily stuff is just stupid. Um, And now, you know, Lily went away for a while and I thought, okay, at least we're going to get away from that. Uh, nope, it just came back with no real reason why she was gone ever explained, at least that I caught. Um, and now she winks at Dewdrop. Are you kidding me? And this isn't even the Thunderdome. I mean, they got away with some things in the Thunderdome that you couldn't do in live action because they're taping it and they're, you know, like when she would change outfits, basically, or, you know, all of a sudden now she was Alexa from two years ago or she was a darker Alexa or she was whatever. With Asuka, especially, I think she did that. Um, speaking of which, have, I don't know if you've bought milk recently, Tom. Is there a picture of Asuka on the side of a milk carton right now? My son drinks milk, and and there isn't. No, there's not. Okay, well, there should be, because where has she been? Um, sorry, I just said her name, and it was like, yeah, where has she been? Um, I, wow. I mean, just, I, I'm okay with the fact that I know not everything is booked for, for my demographic, you know, and that's, that's fine. But who is this But Who's liking this? Nobody, even the kids aren't liking this. Come on. This is terrible. I, I don't have anything else that I can add. Like, <laughs> and, and, and again, and I think, I think the loudest statement was the fact that I, I wanted to watch raw. I want to be excited heading into SummerSlam. Uh, and raw is one of the main vehicles to get there. And I just, I'm not motivated. So I, I know you want to talk about carrying across before we do that. Let me just jump in and just run down the SummerSlam card. Cause it does look good on paper. So like uh, for all of the, the faults that we're naming and they're very, uh, we're not even going to hit, hit them all. This card does not look bad and it's going to be pretty hot in Vegas, not just temperature wise. I think that that, cr- that crowd should be on, on fire. So Lashley Goldberg for the title, Roman Reigns, John Cena for the universal title. Nikki A.S.H. versus Flair versus Rhea in the three-way for the Raw title. The Usos versus Ray and Dominic. Uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, which I have liked how that's come together. Again, I didn't watch the SmackDown where Banks returned and then turned, but I did watch the following week, and I enjoyed their build for that. Edge and Seth Rollins, which you called a long time ago. I hope they deliver. I hope they're given enough time to deliver. I think that, that it's Edge. They'll have a forty-seven minute match. That's apparently um, all he does on paper. Let, let's hope that it, it certainly does not need to go greater than twenty. Like, give me seventeen to nineteen minutes and let them just go balls to the wall. That'd be great. Uh, Sheamus and Damian Priest, which will hopefully see the crowning of Damian Priest as the U.S. title holder. And then, as you mentioned, we have the Raw tag titles. Probably something with Drew and Gender. We haven't had it for a long time, but this could be the return to, to the four-plus-hour pay-per-view. Uh, and it's on a Saturday night, which is going to be really weird to see how, what type of traffic there is around this. Because right. Saturday for a 
pro wrestling pay-per-view is strange. Yeah. Again, save for pre-pandemic AEW, because they were doing Saturday events. Uh, They've now shifted to Sunday, it appears. And whether WWE did this just randomly, or it was the only date in Vegas where the Raiders play um, and how that works, who knows? But yeah, so... I am excited yeah. for the I am excited for the seven matches and the and the two matches we kind of are thinking you know are going to happen. So that's a nine match card plus. I, I think we're also going to get Apollo Cruz and Shinsuke uh, for the Intercontinental Title. I'm trying to think, are there any other belts we're missing? The well, women's missing, tag, Natalia's hurt, so probably yeah, not. We're, we're missing Big E. Like, I think there's a spot for Big E yep, for sure. Yep. I, but against two, I'm not sure. Precisely. I, I think he'll appear in some way. I just don't know if he'll have a match. He should have a match. He absolutely should. Have somebody challenge him for the Money in the Bank briefcase. I don't care. Um, have Corbin challenge him. I mean, look, is that marquee? No. But does it give you a way to put Corbin out there, have him do a stick and get beat up? Okay, that works for me. Um, and maybe they'll yet set that up tonight or even a week from now with a Friday uh, directly before. We'll see. But uh yeah. So also uh, just a, a quick plug uh, for anybody who's listening to this sometime over the weekend uh, before Monday the 16th. Um, we're going to be recording our SummerSlam picks on Monday the 16th uh, because of my schedule. I'm leaving uh, to go for our wedding over SummerSlam weekend. Um, so we're going to have to record early that week. So most likely it's looking like around uh, 10, 30, 11 o'clock eastern time so tom may snore in between each match while i'm making my picks um rude, rude. <laughs> old man bobo that's what <laughs> but um but no uh so if you uh happen to be hearing this and uh, are up at that time of night on monday night want to listen to it live uh, it'll be on our youtube channel uh two spot monkeys so so feel free to check that out live and then we'll i'll i'll set it probably to actually release as a podcast that friday as well um norm as normal but um, just just a quick plug. If you want to hop in live with us on Monday night, um, we can certainly. Um, Annette has listened live before. I see somebody's watching us live right now, which could be Annette, could be somebody else. Don't know. Hello, whoever you are, and uh, but uh, you can interact with us in the comments and things like that. And we'd love to uh, to have some live banter while we're making our picks as well. So and we'll have takeover picks too. I don't know if you mentioned that, so I apologize if I yes takeover, which has uh, five, I believe, matches. Yeah, five matches already announced. That's usually the number for takeover, and I, I don't expect, unfortunately, since we're picking Monday night, that anything will be added prior to our picks, most likely. Um, and with the cruiserweight title, which we'll talk about in a minute, and tag title matches next Tuesday, I don't know that there's a ton they'd add anyway. So um, we should be able to make all five, which should be probably the full card for takeover picks, and then seven plus if they add anything between now and Monday night uh, for SummerSlam. So... It'll be a good night of picks, um, at least 12 picks to be made, barring any changes, um, injuries, those kinds of things between now and Monday night. So, uh, you know, the other the other piece carrying across, um, that, that is a good point. Um, Annette just posted in the comments, Manny Pacquiao is fighting in Vegas that night, uh, the same night, Saturday the 21st. And WWE has assured officials, uh, supposedly, that they'll be done before that fight starts. And they have assured fans, I've heard as well, that they'll have time to get to either watch the, either go to watch that fight or get to the arena if they have tickets. Now, of course, 
they're probably, my guess is, they're probably only assuring that you will be out in time to see that fight, which probably doesn't hit the ring until Pacific time, 9, 10 o'clock at the earliest, maybe even 11. Um, so, you know, WWE is going to have to get SummerSlam done in, um, and that says about three hours. I'd have to think about times, start times and with time changes. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to leave some time if they actually live up to their end of the bargain. Wouldn't be the first time WWE hasn't uh, lived up to their end of the bargain, though, on anything, too. So be interesting to see. But you are right, that Pacquiao fight, uh, which still makes the whole Saturday thing even more strange and interesting. I've never heard a reason why they picked Saturday, mm -hmm. but maybe there is one out there and I just haven't heard it. Uh, Karrion Cross. So Cross was on TV again this week. Uh, Jeff Hardy was back from his apparent uh, bout with COVID, which glad to see Jeff back. Glad he's doing, glad he's healthy again. Totally forgetting booking or anything like that. The most important thing is, is Jeff's healthy. Um, you know, apparently didn't take too big of a toll on him, which is great. Um, and, and I'm very, very glad to see that. Um, we'll talk about somebody else who dealt with COVID here in a minute. I didn't even think about that. Um, when you and I chatted ahead of time, but I do want to talk about that once we're done with raw, maybe, um, cross beats Jeff Hardy. So he gets his win back and the crowd does not give a crap. They do not care about carrying cross right now, but you know why they don't care about carrying cross Tom. They've not They're, been given a reason to. WWE has told them not to care about carrying cross. I, I, can they salvage it? Probably. You know, I mean, could they put him on a monster streak now? And and probably. But man, how how? I, I said this in in our our Facebook group that we're all that we're all a part of. I shouldn't say that. You and I are a part of. Our friend Annette is a part of. Many others uh, who may listen to this podcast maybe as well, because that probably makes up most of our listener base. But uh, if I'm Adam Cole. And I'm watching how WWE has booked Karrion Cross, and I'm watching how WWE has booked Tony Storm, and I'm watching how WWE has booked fill in NXT name here for the most part. There have been very few that have come up and done well right away. Some eventually have Drew McIntyre, for instance. They didn't do a very good job with Drew McIntyre for a long time. Finally, they got him there. They, you know, they figured out how to write the ship. Um, if I'm Adam Cole, run away after August 22nd, my friend. Go to AEW, go to Ring of Honor, go to New Japan, go to MLW. I don't care. I mean, he's not going to MLW. If Adam Cole leaves, Adam Cole is most likely going to AEW. I don't I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't want him, especially given his personal relationships with Britt Baker, with the Young Bucks, with, you know, a number of those folks who are in high positions. Um, he may be friends with Cody Rhodes. Don't know. Run away, Adam. Run away. Because the story is, he met with Vince McMahon, and they're working on main roster stories for him. Why, uh, Outside of loyalty, which I hear Adam Cole is a very loyal person, I understand that, and or money, and obviously he's in a position because his contract's coming up where he'll be able to listen to both sides, or three or four sides, or however many sides, why, why would you go? I mean, from a creative standpoint, why would you go to the main roster? And I don't even know how you could sit. I mean, this is, of course, someone who's never had the opportunity to sit in front of Vince McMahon. And I'm sure if I had the chance to see the man or meet the man, it would probably be 
a pretty almost like an out of body experience because I'm oh, sure I mark out try to get his autograph and yeah, absolutely. As much I'm, as I'm, I'm sure he's larger than life in in real life, right? But if you're employed by the man and you've had interaction with him at one time or another, and then you're seeing how the product is, because I'm sure again we don't know that wrestlers and talent watch everything that they do, but they have to have their finger on the pulse of the business and what's been going on and what the rumors or the scuttlebutt is either way. And some guys probably are more invested and some guys and gals are less. If you're Adam Cole and you're sitting across the table from Vince McMahon and you're hearing about these proposed storylines, whatever they might be, how can you take that in good faith that it's going to actually be executed well with the, with the, with the path that was laid before those conversations took place. I, I I couldn't find myself in that spot. And again, the only way that I think you could be blinded by that is if you're in awe of Vince McMahon, the person. So who knows? Yeah, I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. I, I love Adam Cole. He's a tremendous talent, probably one of my favorites. Um, I, I would love to see him be rejuvenated somewhere else. I think think he's done as much as he can in NXT without a doubt. And I think, you know, not to get too ahead of, you know, talking about what we'll pick for NXT and take over 36. Um, I already know where my pick is for that match. And it has nothing to do with his contract status, but that goes back to numerous conversations we've had before. I think Cole... Having, I bet we're on the same page on that. <laughs> <laughs> having, having Cole have the opportunity to go and work with different and new talents and some of the same friends that he's made from years ago, it'd be fresh again. And I'd be very in favor of that. Absolutely. That doesn't happen to be a UE shirt you're wearing there, is it? It's yellow. No, so. it's it's Chris Hero. Oh, it's Chris Hero. Uh, that, that was my next guess was a Hero shirt. So or, uh, my third guess was Michigan, but, you know. Um, wrestling Shirt Friday. Wrestling Shirt Friday, absolutely. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on, and I, if I've forgotten anything that I said I wanted to talk about on Raw, uh, I don't apologize because – uh, you know, let's go to other things. Um, Keith Lee posted a video yesterday. Tom, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to. Good, you yes. did. Yeah. Um, six minute video. Apparently, he originally recorded a thirteen minute video and decided that was too long. He didn't want to put that up, so he uh, said he shared a little bit less and talked a little bit less in this one. Um, but I think he shared more than he is required, certainly, which he is required to share absolutely nothing because it's a personal situation. Um, but he shared that he had COVID. Um, back in, I think it was January, um, not January. No, maybe he said, no, he did. He said it was January. Yeah, he, right. Because Mia Yim, uh, by staying and taking care of, of course, Mia Yim and he are engaged. They've made that public. Um, Mia stayed and took care of him and, and lost out on a chance herself to be in the Royal Rumble. Um, and, you know, he was obviously very um, appreciative of her love and care for him, um, but had COVID and uh, really struggled. Uh, with it and in coming back and ended up with his heart being inflamed um, and a couple of MRIs and to the point that he wasn't allowed to do anything. He said more than a light walk um, for fear that he would die if he had too much exertion. Um, so let me first say when you and I both sat here and said, where the hell is Keith Lee? I apologize for that. I take that back. Um, that wasn't a WWE booking decision. We now know, um, and not that they ex not that they owed us an explanation. Then they didn't, um, and, and so you know we have to be careful with those things. You know, I just made the comment about Oscar. Maybe Oscar's hurt, and we don't know that too. Maybe Oscar had 
got sick. I don't even want to say the other thing because that's not, I don't want to speculate those things. Um, you know, Keefley obviously was out for a reason. Now he's back now, apparently healthy and they booked him like crap. I'll take him to task for that. Um, but you know, when you and I were saying, where is Keith? Why in the world isn't Keith Lee here? Now we know. Um, and obviously there were very good reasons that he wasn't on TV. Well, and I'm going to say that I don't think that we were un, unfair at the time because there were rumors earlier this calendar year that Keith Lee, almost a couple other guys were being required to go to like additional training because there was something that, that they were doing or not doing that Vince McMahon wanted to see happen. So you, you, you take that statement with, with, with whatever validity or truth or lack thereof to it. And then you see almost continuing and Keithley not. And with all of the information that you have, the clues that you're given, you only go, gosh, is, are they, are they holding them out? Granted, again, they, they, they weren't. And it, it, not for, for for performance. They were holding them out because it was a health matter. And right. again, as fans, we care because we enjoy him as a talent. But again, his life is far more important than our enjoyment of him as Keith Lee, the wrestler. So I, I don't want you to beat yourself up too much. Not that I think you were, but like, you know, I think I think that we, we never operated from like a, a total bash WWE. But now that we have this out of context, it does maybe go back. And had we known at the time, our conversation may have been different. Oh, absolutely. And and kudos to WWE for keeping him out medically. And and I mean, not that, they, you know, when, when they start saying, if you do anything more than a walk, you might die. They're not going to be like, get in the ring. Um, you know, but, but they, it sounds like they helped send him to Pittsburgh to the doctor who eventually, I, I don't know, I couldn't, he didn't quite say whether that, by going to Pittsburgh, they were able to do something or if it just kind of, it sounded like kind of over time, just it went away. You know, the inflammation went down on its own. It sounded, sounded like, um, but however that all worked, um, I, I'm, I am glad that Keith Lee, the human being is doing well. Um, I would love to see Keith Lee, the professional wrestler do well as well. And that's mostly, you know, what you and I are going to talk about on this podcast anyways, is, is booking and that sort of thing. But on the flip side, because Keith Lee put it out there, obviously we try not to talk about those things or we just say it's alleged, you know, the Jeff Hardy situation, for instance. We'll mention it, but we're not going to dwell in his health because that's a personal thing unless they put it out there. Keith Lee put it out there, so I think it's it's fair to talk about. Um, and and so I'm, and I know you are too, just glad to hear that, that Keith is doing well. Um, very happy to have him back uh, because both you and I are both big Keith Lee, Keith Lee fans as far as the wrestler goes, um, seems like a decent guy too. I mean, just everything you've ever seen of him, you know, or heard from him, seen tweets, that kind of thing. He just, and you know, people seem to like him, um, as a person, which is always cool too. So I'm glad he's doing well. I uh, hope Mia is doing well as well. And, uh, hope they figure out how to get her doing something. If, if there's, if there's no health reason again, um, or anything like that, if she's not injured or anything, I hope they can figure out a way to get her on TV because she's super talented. Uh, they are releasing a figure of her, which probably means she's getting released uh, the way things have gone lately. Um, but it's in her reckoning uh, outfit, so super outdated by the time it'll come out. But eh, that's what happens. Anything else? Mean? No, oh, go I was going to say segueing into the the word released. That's a good. That's a good. Uh 
transition for us to talk about, uh, you know, we've been traditionally recording at the end of the week uh, and releasing at the end of the week. Next week, we're going to record early and release later in the week or something along those lines. Big news broke after we were together last week. uh, And that was, as you're seeing on the screen or as you'll listen here, all of the names and talents released in NXT, which is crazy. Just absolutely crazy. I had the list right here. Bobby Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Kona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Stefan or Steven Smith, Tyler Rust, Zechariah Smith, Asher Hale, Giant Zangier, and Mercedes Martinez. The idea or the thought, the rumor, well, let's call it the rumor because we don't know. No, none of us, and, and, and I'm sure no one said, hey, Vince, can I get a reason why these guys are gone? I need to go tell Dave Meltzer. Um, <laughs> the, the, the rumor is that, that Vince really wants NXT to get back to being a developmental more so than what it has been, which I think it's gotten away from that when you have guys like Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano and, and so on and so forth. But it's a oh. great place for guys like Karrion Cross to like get, I don't know, acclimated to WWE before they get to main, the main roster. That being said, acclimated is, is probably the wrong terminology I'm using because they act like they, that the fan base doesn't watch both products. I digress. We're not going to beat that dead horse today. And then that, that they wanted to trend younger in, in, in NXT and, and, and bigger. So think of almost and think of Baba Tunde or whatever his name is now with Amanda Aziz. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> How have they then, not brought Prince, Prince not in for that character? Anyways, anyways, yeah. So anyway, that was that's a big list and a surprising list. And you know, if, if they're trending younger, okay, I understand a few names on that list. I I do understand that. I also am disappointed because you could have used some of these guys and gals to promote the other talents in your system before you cut them like you have these it's, it's like you it's like you have all of this resource at your disposal and then you don't maximize it it's just i was running a trivia night on friday night and so i didn't kind of see this happening in real time on twitter or anything like that um i think at the end of my night i just kind of pulled twitter up quick just to just because i hit the Twitter button on my phone a whole lot during the day. And, you know, it's kind of a time waster. Um, or, or maybe it was, I think actually it was a Facebook. I hit Facebook and I had a notification for the the group that we're a part of um, because I'm a moderator in that group. So I get a, a notification when someone creates a new post. And uh, our friend Sean had created a post that said NXT is getting gutted, I believe was his word. And uh, I was like, uh, what's going on? And then obviously kind of started reading things and literally still sitting at the venue that I had run the trivia night going, holy crap. And then I sat in my car in the parking lot for about five or 10 minutes before I left to come home and just read things. I went, oh, well, actually I went and met my wife at a uh, local establishment and uh, had some beverages, but, uh, you know, just reading this going, holy, what in the world? Um, I mean, some of them, you know, giant, Zangier I'd only seen on the the India show that they did last year. Um, you know, and he, he didn't 
stand out to me other than the fact that he was just really big. Interesting that if they want to get younger and bigger, they let him go because um, he's big. I don't know how young he is. No idea what his age was. Um, you know, younger, obviously, Bobby Fish uh, didn't seem after Undisputed Era broke up. He kind of seemed like odd man out, like they didn't know what they were doing with him. And he had some injury stuff, too, I know. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I expect he's going to go to Ring of Honor. Um, that just makes a ton of sense to me. But if you wanted to stay with WWE, I wouldn't be shocked if they brought him back as a coach in NXT, too, at some point. Um, I think he'd be a really good coach. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know what his coaching skills are. But as far as in-ring work, I mean, the guy's great. So he he has a lot he could share with young talent, certainly, if he wanted to. If he wants to keep working, though, I could see Ring of Honor. I could see him even kind of doing a freelance thing, um, you know, working some MLW maybe or something. Um, New Japan, perhaps, as well. Um, you know, with the forbidden door being kicked open, um, there's lots of options for some of those guys to kind of float around a little bit, too. Um, so he didn't surprise me a ton. Um, you know, it wasn't like they were doing anything with him, really. I mean, they had him do some matches, but he was definitely more there to put over some of the other talent um, and be a win for them. I, but the the two for sure, and Mercedes also could, could get into this conversation, um, Bronson Reed and Tyler Rust. Uh, Tyler Rust just re-debuted or, or came back or however you want to look at it with Diamond Mine. Um, you know, I heard on a, a Fightful uh, podcast this week that uh, the original plan for Diamond Mine until literally a week before was Roderick Strong, Marina Shafir, Arturo Haras, Mercedes Martinez, Tyler Rust, and Malcolm Bivens. Roddy and Malcolm are all that's left of that original group. And then they added Hideki Suzuki or, or whatever they're calling him, uh, which... We haven't seen him in the ring. I, they called him a coach um, in one of the promos, so I don't know if he's just going to be a coach or if they're going to get him in the ring. I have no idea. But, uh, man, most of those folks are gone now, uh, especially after the last, you know, who, who else got cut in the last round, and now Rust and, and Mercedes are gone. Um, I, that one just baffled me because you had him in a storyline that you just started. Um not that he was the focus of it, certainly. Roddy is obviously the focus of that storyline, but uh, okay, weird. Um, and I can't imagine Tyler Rust was making that much money. I can't believe they signed him to some sort of big money contract. So I don't think it was that either. Bronson Reed, I mean, all signs where he was coming with carrying Cross to the main roster. So even if you want to get younger, and I I don't think he's a particularly old person, um, but if you want to get younger and bigger in NXT, how in the world is Bronson Reed not a part of that? Um, and and just, I don't know, and not that they should make decisions on this, but I also struggle ethically maybe a little bit with his release. And, and maybe I have rose-colored glasses because I'm a Bronson Reed fan, and, and that might be. But he made a comment in a very short video that he posted yesterday, I think, um, announcing that he had created a, a new email for people who want to book him for podcasts. And I was like, oh, maybe we should reach out. Yeah, I don't think he's probably going to do our show. Um, but um, and, and appearances and those kinds of things. But he made a comment that being an international um, resident, not a, not a citizen of the United States, in this current climate means he's got to sort a few more things out. Um, so it's going to take just a little while as far as appearances for him go. Well, yeah, when you're here, 
probably on a work visa. I'm assuming. I, again, that's just me throwing something against the wall. And you lose your job. That's a problem. Like you have to find more employment quickly, I believe. And he only has a 30-day window, 30-day non-compete, because he's in NXT. Now, they're tech, he's technically employed, I believe. I think this is how it works for those 30 days. You're technically employed. You're basically told you get let go after 30 days or 90 days on the main roster, as we know, because you're paid for those that time. Um, and they can rescind that. We saw that with Drake Maverick a year ago or so, maybe two years ago, however long ago that was. Oh, it's the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's right. He was in that first big set of releases. Um, and we saw that with Drake Maverick. They rescinded the, the release, maybe reworked the contract, who knows. But um, again, I don't think Drake Maverick was on a huge money deal. I just don't don't believe that. Uh, Bronson Reed might have been on a decent money deal. You know, you heard that they were signing people to a little bit more, trying to keep them away from AEW. But uh, I, so ethically, like now you've put this guy in a situation where he's got 30 days to to figure things out. Don't get me wrong. He's going to find employment. He'll be fine. But um, Buddy Murphy had made the same comment in an interview I'd heard with him. Now, he had the 90-day, uh, which comes up at the end of the month. But uh, that because he is not a U.S. citizen, he had a few more hoops to jump through, lawyers to talk to, things like that, to make sure that he could keep his immigration status in good standing. Like, I realize you can't make decisions in your business based on that, but, man, I don't know. Just just feels even dirtier in that situation that you put somebody in that position. Um, I'm, I'm with you. And I, and I think that he's tremendously talented. And again, this goes back to, do they even know the potential of the guys and gals they have before they cut ties with them? Um, I, I'm guessing really no, sadly. I mean, it's clearly that's not a very true statement because the opposite can be proven. That being said, like when you have these things that seem to be very knee-jerk type reactions, you just go, what in the world? The other name I'll add to that list is Jake Atlas. I'm really just surprised. Also, though, in that same breath, if I'm a cruiserweight or if I'm a cruiserweight style talent, I'm not signing with WWE. I don't care how much money they can offer me. I would rather go and get the opportunity somewhere else, AEW most likely, perhaps Ring of Honor, and develop my resume greater and make myself more valuable than going toil away here and having to, and especially if you're in NXT, you're having to go to the performance center and do a lot of extra work. Uh, I want to say Jake, it might've been Jake Dallas. It might've been someone else. I read after the releases happened, they were going and working extra work in the performance center to get better only to have this like, you know, being chopped off of the knees. Now, again, that speaks to their commitment to the to the profession and and their their skill set. But wouldn't WWE and the coaches notice that and go, "Gosh, we got a hard worker here. We, you know, there's there's got to be someone who's loafing. Let's get rid of them instead." And, and the untapped potential, like you said, do they understand? Jake Atlas, Asher Hale used to be Anthony Henry, is great in the ring. I know he's not that big. You can't find something for a guy like that to do. Ari Sterling used to be, Alec, or you know, now will be Alex Zane again. I'm sure. Um, incredibly talented. In fact, one of the last people to pin Bandito in Ring of Honor. Um, and you know, hey, Ring of Honor could play off that here in 30 days too if they wanted to, um, and sign me up because that was a really fun match. Um, I just. Uh, I, I don't I, I don't get it. And from everything you hear, 
this isn't the end. By the time you hear this podcast, um, other than Annette, who's listening to us live, by the time anybody else hears this podcast, we may be out of date again. There might be more names. I don't know. Um, I talked about, when we talked about our Mattel, uh, the things we were looking to forward to from Mattel last week, uh, I Bronson Reed was one of those. I think Bronson Reed now goes in the fiend pile of figures we're probably never going to see, or at least not this go-round, uh, because, again, it was a rendering the understanding I have, I think I talked about this last week, is that you know when somebody gets released, I uh, I believe what Steve from what Steve Ozer has said, who's their marketing director at Mattel with the WWE line, if they can get their figures out in that ninety day window or thirty days, I would assume in NXT, you know then they're okay. Well, Bronson Reed, I don't even know that officially they said what series Elite he was going to be in, and it's nothing that's coming out in the next thirty days. I know that, um, so probably not getting the Bronson Reed anymore. Um, probably not getting the Burton Fiend anymore. Probably not getting Bray Wyatt in the Superstars line anymore. Ric Flair in the Superstars line anymore. Uh, well, and, uh, and anybody talking to each other? Because Mattel has got to be just like, seriously? Like, you know, we're putting all this work into these things. And then we, I mean, I know things change, but it just feels like a lot has changed in the last month. For sure. And, and moving forward, you look at NXT this past Tuesday, and it's like bizarro world. If you just looked at the results on paper and you'd been following the product, you have Dakota Kai versus Saray, fantastic match. Saray was undefeated and a higher name earlier in the year in terms of like a signee, and she's used to put Dakota Kai over. Now, granted, Dakota Kai is getting the title shot against Raquel later in the month, so yes, build Dakota Kai up, but at the expense of Saray. Uh, and then you have Boa with uh, Tian Sha, the smoke blower, whatever her name is. I can't even, Mei Ling, Mei Ying, Mei Ying. whatever. Who Mei Ying, finally yeah. rises out of her chair. Uh, no, she talk, has before. no, but but she came all the way to the ring though, and I think oh, that's sure. that's new, right? Um, no, mention like, Zai, well, no, no mention of Zia Lee. And Boa beats Drake Maverick again. No, no big deal there. But I did NXT. laugh. There was a comment that uh, who's the play-by-play guy in NXT? I always forget his name. Vic Joseph. Yes. Yeah, Vic Joseph made a comment and, and sounded very surprised. So I won't do the inflection right. I'm sure Boa now standing alongside Mei Ying, and I'm like, uh, that's been going on for like three months, four months. Uh, why am I like? He sounded really shocked. Like. Like if Drake Maverick had walked out with Mei Ying or something, you know, I mean that that had we hadn't seen yet. And like, oh my goodness, they're in they're in Tian Sha now. Like Boa's in Tian Sha. Yeah, Boa's been in Tian Sha since day one. Boa's one of the ones that got beat up with Ali to start the whole storyline. Um, yeah, a little bit weird booking. Um, I I agree with you. I, Dakota Kai apparently filled in because Ember Moon couldn't medically compete, although. I'm not 100% sure whether that's a true statement or whether they just shifted because they needed Dakota to come in so Raquel Gonzalez could come in and run her off and give the promo. And, you know, they well, realized they didn't have time, I guess, to do that because you if, needed Boa to win. If it was Ember Moon and Saray, I would have thought Saray would have gotten the win. If yeah. you, you, I don't think that Saray was bringing viewers to the program. So why not give us someone else against Dakota who could have been a competitive match? Again, I don't know enough or, or none of the names on the women's roster 
top of my mind to just name one now, but not Saray. Or or just have Dakota kill, you know, like they did with Gigi Dolan, have her had her win over Amari Miller, you know, have her kill somebody that you're not doing anything with right now. And maybe you'll do something with later because Gigi Dolan had been pretty much a jobber up until Tuesday night. Um, and apparently they're going to do something with her and JC Jane and apparently Mandy Rose um, leading them in some way, which, okay, I, you know, you're, you're giving some storyline as to why this person all of a sudden is winning. Um, so you're giving me a reason to give a crap about Gigi Dolan, which is fine. Um, feed somebody else feed. Um, oh, there's the young lady who she, I can't think of her name now, but um, she had a, a random roll up win and then lost to Zoe Stark and a couple other people. Um, again, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai, we did nothing there this week on that. Um, they well, do I mean, to- after they went for sushi a week ago, um, and know. it didn't go well, yeah. Because Vince and everybody there loves their odd couple tag teams. Yeah. And and then to, to cap it all off, the main event, which was really a strong main event, in my opinion, you had Ilya Dragunov debuting in NXT proper, not NXT right. UK, and having a great match with Pete Dunne. But Dragunov is the challenger for Walter later this month after the very hyped you know, match of the year contender from a year ago with no crowd. And even though like it wasn't like the cleanest victory because Walter caused the distraction, Pete Dunn still won. Um, okay, you know what? If that's gonna be the case, don't do Dragonov versus Dunn. Give me Dragonov versus Oni Lorkin. Let Dragonov win and they can still do everything they were gonna do here. And it would have been a good match. I get I hear what you're saying. I totally hear what you're saying. I guess I'm okay with it because Walter caused the distraction. If you wouldn't have had that, if you would have just had Dunn go over clean and then Walter come out, I, I would have had a problem with that. Absolutely. Dragunov losing because it's a, he lost storyline reason was why he lost. Um, I, I guess I would have rather had the only change I would have had is I didn't feel like, like Dragunov had him beat and then Walter distracted him, you know, for sure had him beat and then Walter distracted him and he got rolled up or something like that. That actually might've worked a little better um, for me, storyline wise. But uh, I I guess I wasn't as, you know, um, against the the done winning in that case, because they gave it a storyline reason um, for the win, like Saray losing, uh, you know, Dakota Kai, yes, is your challenger. But like you said, then you just don't book her against Saray right now um like it's not that hard find other people um although to just talk nxt for a minute not that most people watch main event but again if you're going to put the product out there why why are you putting a product out there if your answer is well nobody watches it that makes no sense to me um because you're getting paid for it i realize is the answer to that question but but on main event, which I, get, I realize most people don't watch main event. I don't even watch main event most weeks. But Aaliyah beats Dakota Kai on main event. Aaliyah, who left the Robert Stone brand and they've done nothing with since. Apparently, maybe going to Raw, but who knows? You know, Vince McMahon changes his mind more than he changes his underwear. Um, so maybe she is, maybe she isn't. You have her beat Dakota Kai. Who's your challenger in a week at TakeOver? 
No, <laughs> don't do that. Frankly, Dakota Kai beating Aaliyah on NXT would have worked better. And I realize you might do something with Aaliyah, but you could you could redo, repackage her and do something else. Like, you're not doing something with Aaliyah right now, so you could have had Aaliyah lose this match and then still done something with her in a month. That wouldn't have hurt her that much. Because, again, it's Dakota Kai. And you'd be like, well, she lost to Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai is getting the title shot. Like, yeah, she should lose that match. But no, you have Kai beat Saray, who shouldn't be taking losses yet. And then you have Aaliyah beat Kai. Like, are we throwing darts at a board? Is that how we're booking this crap right now? Because it kind of feels that way. It's names out of a hat. So this week we're going to go this okay. person versus this person. And this one wins. My, right, we picked my right hand last match. So now my left hand's going to win this match. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, um, all that being said, TakeOver looks really good too. Um, right. Yeah, And... Um, Annette just said Ilya is winning the title still. He has to. She has him in FWL. Um, and, and I, I, I think I right. think he's winning as well. Yeah, like I, I, I have zero doubt. Like that, the reign of Walter comes to an end. And like again, I was thinking when I saw Dragunov after he you know got the best of Walter after the loss and holds the title, I go that title is going to make him. Whether it's yeah. like whether it's like a homicide style title win where like the story is in the chase and not in the championship reign. Um, or it's something else that it's it's already written, and if it doesn't happen, good golly! <laughs> you have roofers this week too, I. Yeah, no, not roofers. A wife um, who is leaving for work. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, no roofers. Um, although I do keep joking every time a storm rolls through this area, like let it hail, let's do this, let's get a new roof before it ages out. Um, that's my hope. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, and I, I think I agree with you though. Dragonoff, um, we've talked about like with Roman Reigns, um, you know, whoever beats Roman Reigns, it should mean something, it should help make that person. Walter's held the title for 7,800 days or whatever in the world the title reign is at right now. You know, he's held it for like almost two years, maybe more than two years. That's, in, that's insane. I mean, some of that's the pandemic, yes, but it's still insane. So whoever beats Walter, it should help make. And granted, almost anybody in NXT UK, I think it would help make. Um, because I don't know that they've built people as well as they built Walter in NXT UK. Um, I, I don't watch the product all the time, but I do follow it enough to know a little bit of what's going on. Other than Dragunov, I think because of the match he had with Walter and, and the team the fans got behind Dragunov, um, I, I think he's absolutely the right pick. Um, so I, I agree. Spoiler alert. We both just made our pick that'll happen on Monday night, but I think both of us have dragging off winning that match, which doesn't shock me at all. I figured you would pick that as well because it seems like it's the, the um, common sense thing to do and, and the predictable even thing to do, but predictable is not wrong if it's good. So, and I think storyline wise, that's, that's good. Um, so, but we'll talk more about that on Monday. We don't, we, we probably just said all we need to say about the UK title match when we do our prediction, but um, it, it's going to be a banger. And I'm glad that there will be, you know, even though it's not, you know, I know they looked at TakeOver being in Vegas at like the, what is it, Thomas Mack Arena or whatever the the uh, actual arena is there in Vegas. Um, and of course they have a number of them with the MGM Grand and, and different things, um, casino arenas. But I, I wish they would have done that, but... I, I get not doing it, you know, production-wise, maybe, and all of those things. 
I'm glad there will be at least five fans in the C- in the CWC for it. And depending on the pandemic and and COVID, like that, they need to get out of the CWC quickly. Uh, it it it's 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 actually it's worn on me more than the Thunderdome. It was fresh when it started, but I think it's really worn out. It's welcome for me. They need to get NXT in front of different fans to either let guys and gals sink or swim. The same, the same 300 that are coming every week or whatever the number is. It's, it's just, it's wash, rinse, repeat. And it doesn't make the product enjoyable to watch, especially when you're comparing it to what you're seeing on AEW, where they are traveling and getting in front of different eyes and, and, and minds. And, and, well, the interesting, I mean, NXT has never really toured for their TV show, um, which would be interesting to see if they do that. Uh, they at least, I think, when they can, when it's safe, all of those things. And I kind of wonder if the reason they didn't pull the trigger on an arena for TakeOver, even though, yes, they're doing them for Raw and SmackDown um, and pay-per-views, is, is the pandemic situation. Nevada has had cases rising. At least for SummerSlam, it's an outdoor arena. Um, although it does have a roof that does not retract, um, but it's got open-air sides, so you do still have some fresh air. Uh, I wonder if they were a little concerned about indoor events. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, with that Pacquiao fight, though, too, you know, is Vegas going to shut that down? I don't know. Um, Sadly, I there's, there's too much money. Yeah, there's too much money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we are in a different place now than we were last spring. And, you know, without getting too deep down that pandemic hole, um, masking can be a, a, a thing and whatever. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be flippant with my comment, but if you look at the maps and where the spread has unfortunately peaked up, it's pretty much if you draw a line, you know, on the southern tier of the U.S., Florida to Texas, that's you know, for lack of a better term, the hot spot right now. It is. D- it doesn't is. mean it can't, doesn't mean it can't spread elsewhere. Um, yeah. No. Some some maps you see. Um, okay, and this is a really quick aside, and then I promise we'll go back to wrestling, folks. Some maps you see uh, the state of Nebraska. You can actually make the outline of, and it's almost all white. Like there's no COVID, um, and except right along I eighty, which is where most of our um, population base, bigger cities, Omaha, Lincoln, Kearney, Grand Island, um, even North Platte. Um, you, you see some along there, but that's because our governor made a rule, uh, an executive order, executive. Order is that the right word? Anyways, uh, that counties uh, with less than twenty thousand people, which is like seventy five percent of our counties in Nebraska, uh, are not allowed, not allowed, to report COVID numbers. Not don't have to. Not allowed. So, anyways, there's that. So it's fun if you see a map and you happen to see Nebraska right in the middle. It looks like we are the greatest place in the world to come, and then we don't have any COVID because we're not allowed to tell anybody we have any COVID. Um, yeah, it's fun. Anyways, <laughs> just one of those that I shook my head at. So, um, I, yeah, I don't. To go back to what we were saying about takeover, I don't know if that played into their decision not to book it in, um, you know, Thomas Mac Arena or Mandalay Bay or one of those um, types of places or not. I'm not sure. Or if it was just production, they figured, you know, there was too much to do um, with SummerSlam. Although they've done that before with WrestleMania and had an arena in the in the area as well that they've done Raw and SmackDown and all those things that. I don't know, but I agree with you. It would be nice to get NXT. I, I think NXT in front of a non CWC crowd would be similar to the first couple of the SmackDown, the raw money in the bank where you just had crowds that were going eight for everything. Um, 
this takeover in front of a crowd of say even eight or ten thousand um, in a small arena somewhere around Vegas, the atmosphere would have been awesome. I I'm a little sad we're not getting that, but but if you know if there were reasons for it, whether they were business, health, whatever, um, it is what it is. Uh, I'm still looking forward to it. it. I I would like to watch it because I'll be watching these after the fact, as I've mentioned, because I'm gone over that weekend. I would like to watch it first, but I'm going to watch SummerSlam first uh, because I'm afraid that they'll say last night at SummerSlam and then have things ruined for me. So I have a video package or something along those lines. Right. Totally could see those things. Um, well, let's wrap it up tonight with our today. Tonight. It's not night. It's 830 in the morning here. Um, Let's wrap up your listening to our voluminous time. Your listening, whatever time that is, with some conversation around Ring of Honor. We haven't talked to Ring of Honor in a little bit. Um, and uh, they are currently running their women's title tournament, which uh, is over a year in the making because of the pandemic. Um, I'm trying to pull up the bracket here real quick. But um, so far, they've, they've run every first-round match except one. Um, and that is Max the Impaler uh, is going to be taking on Holiday this weekend, I know, on their show. And this shouldn't be this hard to find, but I'm struggling. So far, Tom, what have you thought of the tournament thus far? There we go. I've got the tournament now. Yeah, um, so I've only – I did not watch anything that was on their YouTube specific, which I, I know I think it was Willow and Allison Kay was that match. And I, and I heard I, – or I didn't hear anything. I read – positive feedback for that from the few comments I saw posted here and there. Um, so going back to the, the debut of the tournament on the weekend of July 31st, um, Miranda Alizé beat Alex Gracia, Nicole Savoy beat Maserati, and Roxy beat Sumisakai. I really enjoyed seeing Miranda Alizé uh, and Roxy. I had never seen them before. Uh, Nicole Savoy I was familiar with, but I don't believe I've ever seen her. Um, those were the winners that came out of that. Uh, I thought it was great to have Roxy um, get that big win over Sumi Sakai. I think that's kind of a statement in the tournament. And whether whatever happens next with Roxy, you know, I think she's definitely a viable talent that they can continue to build around. Um, moving and into she's the super week, young, she's like yeah, 19. Yeah, for sure. Moving into the week after, uh, which was last weekend's episode, um, Trisha Dorby, Marty Bell, which I thought was probably like. The the not the best match to the tournament, but the like the most the most competitive one. And uh, I, I think I think Trish Dora still has a lot of room to grow. I know there's been a lot of buzz about her. Um, I was actually really high on seeing Marty Bell, and I think she could be around in the division for for a, quite a bit. Um, let's let us not forget Chelsea Green is in the background, um, waiting for uh, being a contender or a challenger. Um, the in some circles, lamented uh, match of Quinn McKay versus Mandy Leone, and Quinn McKay gets the Duke. Uh, the storyline has made perfect sense and has been a complete underdog story. I'm not incredibly empathetic towards Quinn McKay, but I get the story, and it's fine. Um, there are people who hate it. If you follow that Ring of Honor uh, experience Facebook page, people are livid, uh, uh, probably by a 9-to-1 margin that Quinn McKay got the win. The story has been pointed out. Yeah, local minority. I, it's really weird. Like, and I don't under, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. It's not something that I would be on board with. And again, it's like, what product are you watching? The entire thing is built for McKay to get her revenge. And here she is. She finally got the revenge. And, and if she didn't get her revenge there, when would she like, it's the tournament and they made the rules so that, you know, 
each time she had lost, it was because of the other member of the allure being involved. They made the rule that the other member of the allure was no longer um, allowed at ringside. Duh. I mean, unless you're AEW and you book a 10-man tag where, you know, the winner's going to get a title shot and you've been building to that for months and then you beat him instead of giving him a title shot. But that's a different story for another time. By the way, we'll talk AEW sometime in the future. Uh, neither of us have seen this week's show. I, I know a little, well, I've seen the first match, so I know some things uh, that Tom doesn't know yet. Um, I know. And, Ram- and Rampage debuts today, tonight from Pittsburgh. No Rampage live. debuts tonight. Oh. My hope is to watch it live, but if not, I'm still hoping to watch it at least before I go to bed tonight, if I don't get a chance to see it live. Um, I, I will say it makes it easier to, for me, if I happen to get busy or anything, to watch it the same day of when it's only an hour and I can fast forward through commercials, you know, like 45 minutes, I'm good. Um, so that's fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Rampage tonight. So we'll talk more AEW um, soon. Sorry, I had to take my little shot there at AEW for, for the booking of, of Adam Page. Um, uh, but yeah, Quinn, the Quinn McKay thing makes total sense to go back to your point, Tom. I, the people I've seen the same thing on the, the RH, the experience page. And I, how do I say this diplomatically? There are some posts on that page I really enjoy. And there are some posts on that page that make me remember the parts of the ROH message reward that I didn't like. They're moderating this. What's that? That's the thing. They let every post that gets posted go. Like that's their choice. They have to authorize that. The and the funny part is they're approving things like there have been posts that have been posted twice because they don't get moderated right away and put up. And I even commented on one was like, did you need to post this twice? Forgetting that it was moderated. So my bad to that guy. Um, and he's like, well, it hadn't been posted in a couple of days, so I repost, I resubmitted it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess I, that makes some sense. But then when you're moderating it, don't approve it twice. Like, be like, oh, he submitted it twice. Okay, approve one, deny the other. Like, Yeah, the, the fantasy booking, like the, like the, oh. it's, it's literally like fantasy warfare. That number of posts that I've seen this week, like, no one cares. Like, literally, like, like. And, and, and it's NXT and, and, versus ROH or yeah, it's fun. It's fun, to, it's fun to do in your own like fantasy world, but like that that shouldn't that form in my opinion shouldn't be the place for that. Like Ring of Honor needs to come up and give us some more content, and they should be the driver behind that. Don't just trust your fan base because clearly they're failing. <laughs> well, and and I'm okay with posts like that if it's like one. Hey, if Ring of Honor and MLW faced, what would your what would your card be? One post, have some answers. Cool, awesome. I don't need a post for every match you think would be cool. Like, and, and some of them I had to laugh at um, EC3 versus, oh, LA Knight. And I'm like, I'd have to double check Pro Fight DB, but how many matches must they have had an impact? Come on, Eli Drake and EC3 had to have had some matches in the impact. I'm sure they did. And not that you can't redo things. We were talking about that with Adam Cole earlier. There are matches he could have in AEW or New Japan or other places that would be matches we have seen before, but we haven't seen them in five or six years. Oh, cool. We can redo some stuff and characters change and things like that. Let's not be like Raw, where part of the reason, Tom, that when you read the results, nothing stood out to you as something you needed to see is because you've seen all of that before, for the most part. Maybe not every single match, but almost all of those matches you've seen. Like recently, like in the last two weeks, in most cases. Um, so that, you know, yeah, I agree with that on the on the Ring of Honor thing. Um, and what are, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on the women's tournament? Yeah, yeah. To get back, 
to get back to that point, um, I totally agree on Quinn McKay. I, I have been sympathetic towards Quinn, um, but I also have watched week by week most weeks. I've missed it every once in a while now since I've been back to work uh, in the office. But um, And so the storyline was told there somewhat, um, especially the attack that they had, gosh, maybe close to eight, nine, ten months ago now, um, where where Mandy and, and Angelina attacked Quinn pretty brutally, frankly. Um, I mean, it was a really good kind of beatdown angle. So I guess maybe seeing that as it happened, quote unquote, or as they released it, um, invested me more in the storyline. Um, I don't know. Something for me clicks with Quinn McKay anyways. And, and I think she's looked good um, in all three matches. I don't, I don't think she is... I mean, she's a trained pro wrestler, so it's not like she's, you know, coming into this not not knowing what she's doing, and you're like, oh wow, she was actually better than I thought for someone who doesn't know what she's doing. She's a trained pro wrestler, um, but doesn't have a ton of matches under her belt before she came to Ring of Honor, and then ended up working as the backstage interviewer. So it's she's not a very seasoned pro wrestler who's had you know ten years. She's not a, a Allison Kay or Willow or somebody like that who's got a number of years under her belt. So I think she's looked good. I actually think the matchup coming up with Roxy and her is interesting because you've told your story with Quinn. Quinn got her revenge. So in my mind, I don't think she beats Roxy because I think Roxy, like you said, is somebody they can build and they can really, if they've signed her, or if they're planning to sign her um, to a contract to ring of honor. And I think they should. Um, I think Roxy has to move on. But you do have this weird possibility. Um, again, I don't see it likely, but Angelina is on the other end of that bracket, is on the other side of that bracket. And so she had a buy in the first round. She faces the winner of this weekend's Max the Impaler versus Holiday match, which if it's anybody other than Max the Impaler, I will be stunned uh, because they built Max the Impaler in Ring of Honor. They Holiday has been in maybe once or twice in the past, way, way back. Um she hadn't even worked any of the women's division Wednesday matches. So they haven't really done a lot with her. They did have a promo with her on week by week, which I thought was good to, to help understand her character and, and tell people who she is. But I think she's getting beat by Max. Um, I, I wouldn't be stunned to see Max end up in the finals, to be perfectly honest, just because they built her as such a monster. But the only way you can do that is to have her be the one to beat Angelina, which is a little bit sad if you don't get Quinn and Angelina at some point in this tournament too. But maybe you don't need the tournament for Quinn and Angelina. Maybe that can happen at Death Before Dishonor or something like that, and you don't need it to happen in the tournament. So that then you could do Roxy and Max in the semis or something like that. So I think that side is interesting to me because of Quinn and Angelina. Probably the best story they're telling in the women's division right now is Quinn and Angelina, or Quinn and the Allure. Um, so I think that's been interesting. Um, on the other side, just looking at it, um, I agree with you. Miranda Elise. Uh, was impressive to me. She she stood out. Um, Nicole Savoy stood out. Again, like you have heard a lot about her, maybe have seen a match or two here and there. Um, saw her getting pictures taken when she won the Shimmer Heart of the Champion title or something like that uh, in Dallas. They had a tournament at the Shimmer Show uh, at the WWN Experience, which happened right before an Evolve show we were going to or, or WWN Super Show, one of those. Um and they were doing pictures like for the website with her out in the main area. I think when I went in to meet Terry Funk, if I remember right. Um, and, and honestly didn't know who she was at the time until I looked up the results and I was like, Oh, that must've been Nicole Savoy. Um, 
but I've seen a little bit of her. Thought she looked impressive. Um, on that side, though, I, I, to me, it's Allison Kay and probably Nicole Savoy in the semis. And I, I kind of think Allison Kay in the finals, but I could be wrong on that. So ultimately, who would, who would be your pick to win out of who's left after we just kind of fantasy booked a whole bunch there? It's too early. I think I, I need any the next round to take place. Um, and you know, you know, from a name, like if they're looking to get someone with some name, um, Angelina Love or Allison K make a lot of sense. Uh, I think both could. I don't know if Allison K is trending or uh, face or heel in terms of her character. Uh, Angelina Love clearly is a heel. Um, I think having a heel win the tournament. Actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk that back. I think you have a baby face win the tournament, but I think it flips to a heel pretty quickly afterwards because then you have the storyline being the chase um, because I think you want a feel good moment with the, with the launch back of this title. Um, so on that end, I think Nicole Savoy or Allison K, depending if she's a baby face or a heel, which I think she could easily probably pivot uh, one way or the other, depending on how she's being promoted now. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Name value, it would be Angelina or Allison. I, I have to be honest, the one person out of who is left in this tournament I do not want to see win the title is Angelina Love. I She does not click for me in the ring. Um, as a character, she's a terrible human being. Um, as a character, I'm sure she's a very nice lady. But as a character, she's a terrible human being. She plays a heel very well. She makes you want to see her get her butt kicked. She does that very, very well. Um I, yeah, I don't want to see her win the title um, because I do want this women. I, I, I Because you and I both, you talked about this on honorable mention a lot, um, have been ring of honor fans. We're fans of the company. We want the company to do well. That was very, very true for you back in the day. I'm assuming it's still true for you, at least at some level today. Maybe not, you know, you're not traveling to shows. Of course, that's not a thing over the last 14 months, 15 months, but um you're not driving the shows like you once were, um, even when they were running more frequently. But um, I, I can say for myself, I'm still a Ring of Honor fan. I want Ring of Honor to do well. I've been with Ring of Honor. I've been a fan since day one. Um, have followed their product. Didn't actually really start buying uh, tapes or, or DVDs or those kinds of things until shortly before their Chicago debut, um, mainly out of a financial um, reasoning. But then when they were coming to Chicago, I was like, all right, I need to get some matches of some of these guys I'm going to see for the first time. And I want to, I want to see them before I see them kind of thing. Um, and, and then it opened the floodgates and I was buying every DVD for a while. Um, but uh, so I want this division in ring of honor to be what it hasn't been in the past when it was the women of honor title, which is a former thing. They've, they're just kind of making the split from the whole lineage of that title. And that's fine. I want this to be a good women's division. I think you've got some good wrestlers um, in this tournament. And so if they can hang on to a, a few of them, I don't know contract status on any of them really, other than Angelina and Quinn. And, you know, there's a few that, you know, are obviously signed with Ring of Honor. Uh, and I just don't think Angelina highlights that in the division for you. And I, I think the first champion should highlight that in some way, much in the same way, as much as I like Quinn McKay, I don't think she's quite there as a wrestler yet. And I don't think Quinn needs the title because Quinn's got a really good position, unless you're going to make her a full-time wrestler. And it doesn't feel like that's what they're doing. Um, then I don't think Quinn needs the title either, which is kind of why I think she loses to Roxy, probably in a super competitive match. 
maybe even though with interference, you know, they didn't make a rule that the allure couldn't be at ringside um, only during the allure matches, not anything, you know, I could see the allure interfering and causing Quinn to lose with Roxy not knowing because obviously she's a baby face. Um, I don't know. Fantasy yeah, book. It's going to be fun to watch play out. And again, the finals are going to be in September at Death Before Dishonor, which has been moved out of Florida because of the spike in pandemic. Yep. To the uh, new ROH arena in the 2300 arena. In there you go. And we, we don't have time to get into it today, but next weekend, again, we're going to be back next week with pickums and previews for SummerSlam and TakeOver. But also next weekend, you have Ampage. AW Rampage, take two words and combine them into one, the first dance out of Chicago, which tons of buzz around that. And sadly, we won't be able to circle back on that conversation or whatever plays out then for a while here on Two Spot Monkeys Live. And then a big weekend for Ring of Honor. Again, don't have time this morning to get into those things, but if you're a pro wrestling fan, lots of good stuff, except for WWE. Sorry, not <laughs> take, that, take that shot as we wrap well, up today. Well, and here's the thing is, and, and, Coming from a guy who watched Raw this week for whatever unknown reason that doesn't make a lot of sense. If WWE frustrates you like it does Tom and I, watch something else. Watch something else. We're still going to talk about it here because it's the main company and we do we do want it to do well. And we like a lot of the characters. And we like a lot of the people. Um, and and we'll watch the pay-per-views and we'll watch SmackDown usually and that kind of thing. But, hey, timing-wise, that's why you and I don't watch Raw most weeks because it isn't good. Um, you know, if they made Raw where I really needed to see it, I'd watch Raw more often. I'd find a way. Uh, maybe next week uh, or on Monday night, again, Monday night around 9, 30, 10 o'clock my time, which would be 10, 30, 11 o'clock Eastern time. Um, we'll be hitting the airwaves live, making our picks for SummerSlam and uh, TakeOver. Maybe we can uh, just take two or three minutes at the top and at least highlight a couple of things from Glory by Honor that maybe we're looking forward to. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it says, thanks for the listen. Have a great weekend. Grab the goon. Um, absolutely. Hashtag grab the goon. <laughs> but maybe we can take that time uh, right at the top when we record Monday night, Tom, just to, without doing an in-depth preview, we're not going to make picks on it. Um, we did make a decision for Ring of Honor. We're going to make picks uh, just for the pay-per-views, which I think is a smart move on our part. Um, but uh, maybe we'll just highlight, you know, one or two or three matches that were really looking forward to because I think there is some good stuff coming on, on glory by honor. So indeed, indeed. Well, it's been a great way, a uh, great day and a great way to check in and catch up. Um, lots of good wrestling, like I mentioned to watch. So everyone be safe, be healthy, be smart, care for one another um, and uh, get ready. Buckle your seatbelt when you come back for episode 55, because we are going to go long. I'm telling you now. <laughs> Sorry. Episode 50. Oh, this is 54, isn't it? Yeah, 55 is going to be a one. And 56, when we try to recap everything once it's been happened, maybe that's going to be a mini-series. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Everybody take care. We'll talk to you again soon here on Two Spot Monkeys Live. <laughs>